This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 464. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, joined today by co-host, producer extraordinaire, awesome <laughs> dude named Matthew Marister. Here he is. What's going on, Riley? <laughs> I'm doing great, brother. You always have some uh, fancy intro for me that, you know. I, I try I, to be fancy, <laughs> but I often fail. Uh you know, but we got to make, you know, we got to make you awesome. You know, pe- people, uh, people need to know how awesome you are. I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll just say I'm okay. All right. Well. <laughs> he's, he's great. He does a lot of stuff behind the scenes that many of you don't see. So we're thankful for that. Uh, we're thrilled to be with you. Today is uh, our, what we call our news and gear reviews episode. Uh, for the month of December, this is where we're going to highlight and cover uh, recent industry news stories. Uh, so essentially non-legislative stories, uh, general industry news, that kind of thing. And we also give a couple of product reviews. Uh, Matthew picks one, I pick one, and super excited about uh, our reviews today. Uh, look at mine here. I- I'm going to talk about that in a bit. Man, he's probably jealous too about it. I am. <laughs> so I'm excited uh, to you know to make him jealous because uh, <laughs> I'm I'm jealous how you know awesome Matthew is. So anyway, <laughs> all right. So today's episode is sponsored, brought to you by. Uh, we have a new new product in the store. In fact, it was launched and and first like put out there in our Black Friday sale. And I want you to know, I have a special promo on this for a limited time through the end of the year. So the end of this month, and that's the new EDC 365 t-shirt uh, as designed by our very own Mitch uh, in our social media marketing department at concealedcarry.com. Uh, Mitch did a great job uh, putting together what I think is a, is a pretty cool, uh, uh, you know, kind of modern style of a shirt. And it just says EDC 365 on the front of it. Um, yeah, I mean it's probably pretty obvious what it what it is to uh, to to folks in the know. No, uh, I'm I'm curious like how much I could get away with it in the general public as far as like strutting around, you know, EDC 365. Yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, I don't know, <laughs> but I think it's a cool looking shirt, and uh, you know, definitely something appropriate to wear to the range or or just wear around and, and because you like it. So, guys, uh, super excited to to bring another uh, apparel product to the concealedcarry.com store. Uh, if you go to concealedcarry.com forward slash EDC shirt, that's a direct link to it and uh, of course your purchase supports us here and everything we do on this channel and at uh, concealedcarry.com and the promotion is through the end of the year so through midnight basically uh, number 31st or number 30 yeah December 31st uh, use coupon code EDC shirt 2020 EDC shirt 2020 to save 15% all right so check it out and uh, of course, those of you that are Guardian Nation members will save another 10% on top of that. So you'll really get it for 25% off. And that's one of the uh, 
big bonuses of uh, being a Guardian Nation member. Uh, and so, yeah, you want to do that by checking out GuardianNation.com to learn more about Guardian Nation. We have some exciting things coming. We're actually working behind the scenes on reworking and revamping, actually, some stuff with uh, Guardian Nation. Just, you know, making it better, Okay. And uh, guys, if you want to check out Guardian Nation, try a 14-day free trial. Uh, no commitment, no obligation. Uh, sign up today. Check it out. 14 days for free. Okay, go to concealedcarry.com forward slash 14-day, 1-4-D-A-Y. Good deal, man. Exciting stuff coming for the Guardian Nation. Um, yeah, it's going to be cool. Yep, yep, it will be. So, awesome. All right. Appreciate your guys' support of the Conceal Carry Podcast. On to the news. Our first story. First-time gun buyers projected to top 8 million. And this according to Smith & Wesson. Uh, so this is re- as reported on foxbusiness.com. And one thing that we know, and we kind of touched on this last month as well, uh, but obviously gun sales are up big time, uh, year over year, big time. We're hitting all-time you know, record highs in the year 2020. Preaching to the choir here. I know many of you already, you know, like that's that's news to you. And again, we touched on this a little bit last month when we had our news and gear reviews episode uh, talking about all the new gun buyers coming into the market. Uh, and uh, according to some data from uh, 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 from Smith & Wesson, and they were citing data additionally from the National Shooting Sports Foundation, and they estimate that 40% of the tens of thousands of firearm purchases in 2020 are coming from first-time owners. That's huge. Now, how could they, you know, estimate some of this data? Well, don't forget that, uh, you know, a couple things that there's, there's a variety of ways they can uh, compile this data. And uh, most of the firearm manufacturers, you know, even do surveys and things like that, that, you know, kind of ask questions when you, when you, you, you uh, buy a new gun and that kind of stuff. But so 40% of the, of the tens of thousands of firearm purchases, really it's 40%. That doesn't make sense. Tens of thousands, like, like, millions of gun purchases in 2020 if 40% of that they're estimating as high as 8 million new gun owners bought guns in 2020 mm-hmm. it's pretty staggering i mean it may not be accurate who knows but either way it's a big number it's in the millions and i completely buy that because uh just everything we've seen this year suggests that that's the case yeah, and I think it's a good opportunity to, uh, you know, when you're out at public ranges or whatnot, or, um, you know, I, I mean, obviously, I, I you, you instruct, I instruct. There's pro- there's uh, a lot of people that listen that that instruct, and but I, I bet there's other people that are listening that aren't instructors that have family members that reached out to them and said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm looking to buy a gun. You know, I, I can, can you ask, ask them some questions? You know what I mean? Like they're, they're reaching out to family members uh, for, because it's the first time buying a, a gun. So it's a good opportunity for those people, even if you're not an instructor, what I'm trying to say is uh, to, to reach out to those people that might be your family members or friends or friends of friends and um, to give them some good advice or point them in the right directions as far as what to do after they get the gun. Because there's a lot of people contacting me that, hey, I just bought a gun. I have never held a gun. I don't know what to do. Can you, you know, I'm afraid to take it out of the box type thing. And so, um, you know, that that's a real, a, a very real thing. And um, so it's, it's a good opportunity to spread kind of, kind of uh, the ambassadorship or something, whatever yeah. you want to call it, of, of firearm ownership. 
Yep. Yep. And, I, and I've touched on this before too. Uh, and we're going to kind of come back to some things here in a moment. And the idea being that, uh, you know, we've, we've just have gone through and of course things are still being fought in the courts and it's rather controversial, but we've just gone through this election and, uh, you know, the, our, as of right now, president elect, if you will, um, meaning Biden, because that's uh, the best we know right now is that's where everything's leaning until these uh, uh, cases in the courts and everything sort themselves out. Um, I, I just I hope that you, I feel like eight million new gun owners, a good chunk of those may very well be people that uh, in years past have not necessarily had gun control type issues on their radar. And I hope that people start waking up. I mean, it might almost be even a little too late, but in, in some respects, um, you know, with all the stuff that's being talked about potentially in, in the future, even on a federal level. Uh, but I hope people start waking up and go, Hey, you know, I just bought this, whatever, you know, handgun. Cause I, feel that the need to defend or, or an AR-15 even, right? Uh, I guarantee you there's people that are buying their first AR-15s, you know, for the first time ever this year and, uh, you know, never have really like, because it didn't affect them yet. It didn't impact them yet. So in mm-hmm. the past have probably been quiet on some of these issues. I hope to see that change because it should change, uh, you know, with all the unrest, the civil unrest and everything we've seen this year, which is, I think, what has driven a lot of this these new gun owners to, to buy and, and other similar issues. It's like, yeah, you know what? When the crap hits the fan and the cops can't, can't come and save you, you are on your own. You should, and you do have the right to possess and to own and to carry the firearm of your choice. That is, you know, that, that gives you the most, the, the best option for leveling the playing field when it comes to defending your life. Yeah. And, and to your point, Riley, is that, um, you know, obviously the, who, who the president is has a lot of implications. Right. But even more so, I think, um, is are the local elections and the midterms and and all the all, all the legislation that gets kind of jammed through and um, and nobody ever, you know, pays attention to it or, you know, you just check the box of your representative or whatever um, during an election and you don't pay much attention. Maybe now people will start looking at different, you know, voting, uh, voting records of some of the, the people that are electing and, you know, could, because I think there's more gun control measures at the state level, far more than at the federal level, you know, you can impact it more at the state level. So, um, or local level. So, um, yeah, just be engaged, I think, is, is a good good thing for the new new gun owners. Yep. Yep. Indeed. All right. So let's uh, – and then also we kind of a, 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 a sort of a follow-up story to that, which was just uh, FBI background checks for guns surged 41% in November, obviously believed to be accelerated by uh, – uh, by this, by the election, by the apparent victory of uh, Joe Biden. Uh, so again, no surprise there. But forty-one percent surge when we were already reporting last month, the previous month had this, you know, massive year-over-year increase. So forty-one percent, even further above and beyond that, is pretty substantial. So, and of course, Black Friday, uh, what, what you know, it tends to be a, a factor in all of that as well, uh, as far as 
we usually see November be a fairly high month in terms of gun sales and background checks. Interesting thing to note, though, I saw reported here locally, Matthew, that things were a little bit down on, on the state level here in Colorado. Mm. Um, why that is, I don't know. Um, and, and by that, you know, Colorado runs its own background check system. You know, they've opted out of the federal one for back for uh, per, uh, gun purchases. And so we see, you know, separate numbers that are sent out by the Colorado Bureau of Investigation here and things were actually a little bit down. Um, so, but nationwide, it appears things were really, really up. Yeah, definitely. Going now to uh, Matthew, give us uh, and this is somewhat, you can really get into the weeds on a story like this, but, uh, we have a title of the story here, Deja Vu, California May Issue Gun Licensing Results in a Bribery Scandal. This is new news as of just two days ago um, out, of, out of California, specifically the county of Santa Clara, and uh, reported on the uh, NRAILA.org site. Matthew, uh, summarize this for us. It's, it's a bit of a mess. Yeah. So basically, um, for, for those that don't know, you know, states either have shall issue or, uh, or may issue, right? So the states that shall issue concealed handgun license, as long as you do, you're not prohibited by law and you pass all the requirements that, that state provide, uh, you know, requires, uh, they, they must issue you, uh, the, the license. Now there's may issue, um, which you need to provide a good cause or reason. To, to have a concealed handgun license, even if you, you're, you're not prohibited from uh, possessing it, um, you have to show the sheriff, uh, the jurisdiction uh, that you're in, that you have good cause. So you can see where this goes um, before I even start spelling it out. But uh, the, the, the article says on November 23rd, Santa Clara County, California district attorney announced a grand jury had indicted a county under sheriff and a sheriff's captain for quote, requesting bribes for concealed firearms licenses. Um, a pair of individuals were also indicted for offering bribes to receive licenses to carry. Um, and so it's w- one of the people involved is Apple chief security officer. So it's kind of a big deal. Um, but you could, could you can oh, see. Okay. Hold, hold on yeah. right there. Hold on right there. This is this is a perfect example of people in in power and in positions of authority and wealth having greater access to rights mm-hmm. than others, Absolutely. right? Which is only exacerbated when you have a system in place that restricts gun rights like California does. Santa Clara County is not exactly known for issuing permits on a whim. You know, there's there's definitely very favorable counties to be in in California where the sheriff's offices are very liberal in their, um, uh, you know, issuing of permits and, and licenses and so forth. Santa Clara, not necessarily, you know, not, not one of those. And so you set up a system where privileged people, I mean, Apple's chief security officer, dude probably has a valid reason to have a CCW. Sure. I don't doubt that. But so does every other American in California. Mm-hmm. Right. But hey, look, we're going to work some little back alley deal here. So I get special privilege. So you guys will issue me my permit. All right. 
sorry, off my ramp. No, Continue no, on with the details <laughs> of the story. No, that's 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 important because you know this is what I was going to say is that you can predict that this happens, right? Like this is going to happen wherever there's a control over something and it's it, it's sought after. There's going to be corruption involved in it, and the people that 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 you know uh, suffer the most are the people that can't afford to bribe sheriffs, you know, uh, deputies and stuff to get their, their license. It's, it's a bad system, right? It's just a bad system overall. Um, there was a, there was a, uh, a case in 2016. Um, it's called, uh, per- Peruta versus County of San Diego, where they were, uh, challenging this, uh, whole, you know, good cause reasoning because it was subjective and they wanted some sort of standardized, uh, reasoning behind it. Um, and basically a, uh, the court of appeals, uh, ninth circuit, uh, covers California came out and this is uh, quoting from uh, from their uh, conclusion in that case. Uh, the Second Amendment does not protect the right of a member of the general public to carry concealed firearms in public because the Second Amendment does not protect any degree uh, in any degree the right to carry concealed firearms in public. Any prohibition or restrictions a state may choose to impose on concealed carry, including a requirement of, quote, good cause, however defined, is necessarily allowed by the amendment. So you can see how the Court of Appeals in California says, hey, you don't have a right to carry a firearm in public concealed. That's not that's not protected under the Second Amendment. Uh, Heller decision doesn't doesn't you know, it, it, it doesn't provide for uh, carrying concealed in public. And um, and so this kind of, uh, you know, tap dance in front of the man to get some sort of reason that you uh, can carry a firearm is going to continue until, you know, that that that's looked upon differently. Um, and I'll just let you know the reason why the the article says deja vu is because in 2016, federal flo- authorities filed a complaint with the U.S. District Court of this uh, for the Southern District of New York describing a firearms licensing purchasing scheme. Same type of scenario where people in power or with connections were given preferential treatment in getting concealed handgun license. The average citizen who did not have that could not get it or were delayed extremely long times. And in the you know the the renewal process, these people. Were were kind of speeded along or sped along. They didn't have to reapply with a new, uh, you know, good cause reason. They were just kind of put right through. And so you can see that um, this is just, it's not a good way to to handle uh, self-defense and and people's rights to defend themselves. So, yep. So that's pretty much it. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, uh, I, I, I wonder what will happen. Obviously these people are not, you know, guilty. They've just been indicted, but apparently there was enough evidence to indict them. So that's pretty, pretty severe. Yep. Yep. I remember even talking about uncovering uh, that uh, story uh, out of, you know, New York mm-hmm. city uh, with that issue uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, again, back to what I was touching on, you know, this is a, just a, a perfect example of, you know, the of basically protecting those in power and, while trampling on the little guy, right? Mm-hmm. All the rest of us, uh, you know, something's not good for, you know, what's good for me is not necessarily good for thee, right? Sort of attitude. Um, so anyway, uh, all right, well. You know, again, uh, they've indicted uh, the, the uh, county under sheriff and sheriff's captain. Uh, so that's an ongoing case. Uh, they were indicted on November 23rd. 
Uh, so that's just something that has to run its course. We'll see what comes out of that. Turning now to the U.S. Sun, the thesun.com, uh, and uh, this is a, a, a video that went viral a few days ago, um, and it's just absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, in fact, uh, we're gonna we're gonna put this up on the screen here and, and play it for you. You can you can hear how this goes down. Uh, let me get this uh, shared here, and there we go. Oh, I forgot to hit share audio too. So hang on. Sorry, guys, about that. Um, here we go again. We'll do that again. So I share audio so you can actually hear as well. There we go. So basically, the story is uh, it, this is a typical you know scene in a mall or shopping center where uh, Santa's there. You know, and, and this year, of course, they can't do the whole sitting on Santa's lap because social distancing. And this happened in the Harlem Irving Plaza in the Chicago suburb of Norridge. Uh, and just to, like I said, a heartbreaking story. You got this this little this little boy, and all he wants for Christmas is a Nerf gun. Uh, of course, he's gonna make us watch a make us watch a six second ad. I apologize for that. Here it is. Uh, no, no, no guns. Nerf guns. No, not even a Nerf gun. No, if you get, if your dad wants to get it for you, that's fine. But I can't bring it to you. But what else would you like? Lots of toys. There's Legos, bicycles, there's cars and trucks. Cry. Oh man. <laughs> all right poor guy poor guy i mean like come on santa like are you serious <laughs> i what, mean what it, it's cow. like you know santa of course asked the question <laughs> what what would you like santa to bring you for christmas uh, and, and his response you can't you can't hear him at first but you know he, he says a nerf gun and says Santa's like, nope, sorry, no can do, no Nerf guns. If your dad wants to get you get you that for Christmas, that's fine. But no, no, no Nerf guns from Santa. All right, you can do Legos, cars, trucks, but no Nerf guns. And the poor kid just just breaks down. Santa has just broken his heart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's terrible. come on, man. That's terrible. I mean, and, and you know, uh, subsequently he was fired. The Santa was fired and, um, you know, the kid, apparently the, the mall apologized and sent like a, a real Santa out to this kid's house and uh, they brought him uh, mm-hmm. a, a Nerf gun. But the problem is, is like, you know, it's just terrible. You have Santa Claus who's, I mean, he's not supposed to be imparting his own political agenda on a little kid who's just there to ask for presents for Christmas. You know, it's, it's terrible, man. Yep. And, and that has to be what it is. That's the only thing I can even imagine it to be is that this man has some kind of agenda. Because yeah. well, wh- why else do you take this stance? Why, why do you say no, uh-uh, uh-uh. Uh, it's got to be that he has a problem with the idea of of toy guns, even for uh, you know for 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 a kid. Yeah, so, good on the parents yeah. though. Good on the parents. They had some restraint. They didn't like flip out and you know uh, attack Santa for making their kid cry. So good, good on them. They, I think they handled it well. But it was just a sad story. Yep. Yep. Anyway, uh, sorry to bring everybody down, but again. <laughs> 
the the ending is uh, apparently ends up being happy except for again like i i could just tell you if this was my kid like they would still be they would be pretty torn up about <laughs> that situation you yeah. know and like yeah yeah i know it's of course there's a whole now we won't go there. Never mind. All right. <laughs> I don't want to get myself in trouble. Right. Um, guys, and, and if there happen to be any children listening to this podcast or parents with their children in the car, uh, I freaking love Santa. And uh, this was uh, this was not the Santa that you all know. All right. Mm-hmm. This guy was an imposter. Okay. He was pretending to be Santa. That's the only way this happens is you have an imposter wearing the suit saying terrible anti-gun stuff. All right. Moving on. Right on. The NSSF has a story. NSSF.org. Uh, Biden's gun control signal in, in the Xavier Becerra nomination. Uh, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this. Just, just so you know, guys, like this is where this is an indicator. Like the, when you have a president or president elect, uh, when you have him starting to build his cabinet and, uh, and making appointees or, you know, recommendations or, or name dropping people that they, that they intend to put on, on the, on their cabinet. Um, that's an indicator of, where their own mind is at as far as certain policies. And granted, this is a proposed nomination for the department of health and human services. It's, you know, but this, this is still, this is a very important uh, position and can have, you know, some potential implications depending on how much an administration wants to swing towards something like the department of health and human services wanting to put their foot more into an issue like the second amendment. So Biden is proposing California attorney general, Xavier Becerra, who is no friend to the second amendment, not even close, not even a little bit. Okay. Uh, All you got to do is look at his record in the state of California for the last however many years now. Um, And it's not good. It's not positive. Okay. So, uh, could this man potentially be well suited in other areas? I don't know. I have no, I don't, I know nothing about him. What I do know is he's not a friend of the second amendment. And therefore in my opinion, he doesn't have a place in this administration, but what do you expect? I mean, this is what we get, uh, because all of this was advertised ahead of time. I mean, we, we, we have followed for months and months what Biden was saying about gun control, about different policies about AR-14s and, you know, so on and so forth. So no surprise. Yeah. The, the only thing I would add is, you know, I, and and I try not to get focused on one person is going to destroy the entire country. I think our country's, you know, strong and everything like that. I would just say this has implications when, you know, you've already seen a politic- politicization of uh, firearms in the the medical field with doctors saying, um, you know, starting to to, to question, you know, uh, uh, patients about, do you own a firearm? Uh, in, in the, the verbiage of it coming out that saying, uh, gun violence, uh, is a national health 
uh, crisis. And then you put somebody who's pretty anti-gun onto uh, to head the uh, health and human services, and you're moving towards a more uh, socialized healthcare, you, you, you kind of see, you know, a potential. And I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just saying you see a potential or the possibility of a universally sort of run healthcare system where, um, where firearms are uh, an, an exclude, you know, excluding cause where, you know, somebody who might have heart condition, you know, they, they their insurance is higher or whatever. They can't get certain things. Um, maybe gun owners, um, you know, you, you could see where they could be, start to be punished in, in different ways. So I just, I, it's just a concern. It's not, I don't know. I'm not a prognosticator, but um, it's just, for me, it's a, seems like an odd position to put him. Um, uh, but I don't know. I don't know his history with, you know, health and uh, health department related stuff, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Again, it's completely irrelevant in that regard to me. Well, most, you, you made some interesting points there. Uh, there is a comment from Mark saying maybe he'll order the CDC to study gun violence. Um, and I, I definitely think that is on the table. Okay. Uh, or at least that that's something they would love to, to do. And I, okay. So here's the thing. I don't have a problem with studying stuff, right? Like data is data. Good data helps us make good decisions about things. And I think honestly, you know, just because of all the work we do at concealedcarry.com with this podcast, all the stories we share that the data would suggest that good people save lives, their own lives and lives of others because they're able to have access to a gun immediately to defend themselves. But what I have a concern with is like, if we just approach it purely from a data standpoint, uh, and then if we can also look at things objectively and, and understand what the data is telling us, right, that's fine. But I am not convinced that particularly a Biden administration with, through the CDC or something studying gun violence is going to do it in a, mm, I believe will come out of that as some biased information or some biased positions. So they'll, they'll pull stuff out of that. If the, if the numbers aren't fudged in any way, they'll pull stuff out of that to, to meet their, you know, to, to support their own conclusions as it relates to gun ownership, gun possession, gun use, gun violence, whatever. And that, that'll be then turned around as a weapon to go for more gun grabbing policies. But anyway, and to be uh, fair, it could on. flip on the other side. To be fair, and and that, I think yeah. that's why we we try to separate it from politics, right? Like independent people study that stuff, not people that are tied to some sort of political uh, party or something. But yeah, everybody wants to believe the government's independent, right? But but it except that it's not, and like that's true if it's a Republican or a Democratic president, right? Like there is. I saw that when I worked in the federal government, there were certain things that were pushed down the chain to our agency. You know, be, that was because those were priorities for that administration, right? And that that's the way it goes. Um, so, yes, uh, some kind of like truly independent research outfit studying stuff. No problem. I have no problems with that. Anyway, too much politics for today. Let's move <laughs> on to right on. a story on internationalsportsman.com. And uh, this is 
uh, a story about uh, GSM Outdoors, which is a pretty big brand. Uh, and I apologize for the background noise. That's my furnace kicking on. If you hear that, I forgot to uh, kill it before uh, we started. Uh, anyway, uh, GSM Outdoors acquires the company Cold Steel. Cold Steel, the makers of knives. Uh, a, a company that's been around a good good while now, uh, since 1980, in fact. And uh, many people like Cold, Cold Steel knives, okay? Um, here's the thing. So GSM Outdoors, large brand. Uh, they, they have underneath them a number of different brands. And including things like Walker's hearing protection would be an example of that, uh, which I, I like their their uh, their hearing protection just fine. Um, but uh, here's the thing: so GSM acquires Cold Steel. The uh, uh, the president or owner or whatever of Cold Steel, Lynn Thompson, decided it was time to. Uh, um, to step down to retire essentially. And he probably got paid some good money to do this. And I, I don't fault the guy for that. However, and I can't, I don't have a for sure source on this, but I have seen it talked about in several places. I just don't have a solid source on this word on the street is that when this deal became for formalized, that uh, there were workers, a good number of workers, employees of Cold Steel that showed up for work one day and found they did not have a job. Wow. And that's not cool, if that's true. And I've heard it from several different individuals whom I trust. Uh, again, it's not for sure confirmed, you know, information or reporting. So, so, so take it, you know, with a grain of salt. But that's very disappointing to me here. Now, now acquisitions and mergers and companies being bought is something that happens all the time. And I'm all about free market stuff. Uh, I just, my personal opinion with something like this is it, it, it's totally understandable that at some point it's time for a company to move its next phase. You have a leader of a company that's decided he's done and he wants to get out. Hey, it's his business started that business. He ran that business. It's his right to do what he wants to do with that business. And at the same time, if he's a decent person, a decent human being and, and a good businessman, then, you know, you, you also, while this is your thing, this is your thing that you built, you got to also you know, stand up for your employees because they've helped you. They've been right there along with you. I mean, that's something that we're real big on with our company at concealcarry.com. All right. There's, we're, we strive to be absolutely transparent with everything in the company, things that are going great, things that are not going good, uh, times where thing, money has been not so awesome and times where things have been great. Um, and, and, you know, and just what I'm saying is like we keep our employees in the loop. And by golly, I think the stand-up thing here to do would be, look, we're selling the business. The company that's buying it is going to make some changes. Some of you are going to lose your jobs. Give people a heads up, right? And, and like that's what you do to, to stand by your by, – you know, to do your thing and to do the thing you have the right to do, but also to stand by and do the right thing for your, for your employees. Um, you know, at least give them a chance to – have a heads up and start looking for jobs elsewhere. That sort of thing. Again, this is all not officially confirmed news reporting as far as employees showing up one day randomly and finding 
a note taped on the door or whatever saying, mm-hmm. sorry, no jobs anymore. Get out of here. Get lost. Um, but that's what we've heard. And uh, we'll just see what happens. Um, I hope that's not what happened. But at the same time, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me either because we've seen similar things happen with other companies in the past. Now, GSM Outdoors, uh, I don't know whether this is a problem with them. I don't know if it's a problem with uh, Lynn Thompson, you know, the the founder of Cold Steel, not, you know, maybe being forthright and, and transparently communicate you know, communicating with his, his people. Um, but yeah, we'll just happens. I, I think GSM outdoors tries to make good products. Um, I like some of their products. Absolutely. So I don't know. That's all I got to say about it. Yeah. I, same thing. I just, I, I hope he, you know, I hope his, his issue was that he didn't know what GSM was going to do, right? Like he, he sold it, he didn't know. And then GSM didn't say anything about cutting everybody. And then he had nothing, you know, he didn't know, but if he knew and he didn't give his employees a heads up, that's, that's pretty shady stuff. So I I think that you've got to almost expect that kind of thing though. You know, if you're going to sell off your, your entire business to essentially a conglomerate, of outdoor business, you know, sporting goods type businesses uh, or a company that owns a bunch of outdoor sporting goods brands. Uh, you've got to at least be prepared for that. And like, even just letting your people know, look, we're selling the business just so you know, we don't know. We can't make no promises beyond X date. Mm-hmm. Beware, you know, sort of thing. But yeah. anyway, bad timing too. Yeah. Right before the holidays. That's, that's just rough. Um, all right. Uh, so moving on to some, some news, we actually have a series of news stories from Sig Sauer. Uh, and this is not the Sig Sauer podcast, although, you know, they've, they've sponsored us in the past. Uh, I carry a Sig, whatever, you know, but here's the thing. We're trying to find some like gun manufacturer type news, you know, new releases, new product kind of thing. And they're not a whole lot going on. out there although sig's been busy and that's kind of the point that's what i'm getting at here uh so here's a little segment all about sig sour news some some uh, new things that uh, sig's been up to matthew why don't you tell us about this new uh z365 pistol yeah um you know all the other z stuff you know is always uh fine-tuned take a glock and fine-tune it and uh put a nice slide and a nice uh uh, barrel in there and and, um you know make it a nice a nice uh firearm um this one is the z365 it's uh it's the Zeev, let's see it has a pro barrel combat sights which look like fiber optic sights um and it has an optic ready slide. It has a, uh, looks like a, like a match grade barrel, uh, nice, um, nice slide serrations and everything like that. Um, the grip texture looks really similar. If I'm being honest, it looks really similar to, uh, the gray guns, um, laser stippled slide. Um, surprisingly, it doesn't have that. I, I think they should throw in the gray guns flat face trigger um, for the 365 because I think that would cap off this whole build. But um, uh, it, the MSRP is uh, 1200 bucks with 10 round. Uh, it comes with two 10 round mags for 1200 bucks. The Z365. There you go. Uh, so here's the thing. Like, this is pretty cool, you know, in that 
it, it's it's a realization of of the direction I think Sig Sauer has been moving for some time now for for years. Even though the P three sixty five, at least from the get go, was not initially or originally marketed as a modular handgun mm-hmm. uh, uh, system, if you will, um, the the P three sixty five absolutely is modular, right? Right. Uh, where the serialized part is your your FCU, your fire control unit, essentially all your trigger, you know, parts and guts and nuts and bolts, your your action, if you will. Uh, and then you have a grip module, a slide and a barrel, right, that are non-serialized and are just parts, accessories. And and so, you know, we see a similar thing happening now with the P365 that the P320 is known for that you've got collaborations taking place. You have various companies offering aftermarket support and aftermarket products and upgrades, different grip modules. Wilson Combat has come on really strong uh, with, the, with the grip modules. You know, they kind of have done their own Wilson Combat flavor, which is, uh, you know, which which is great. It looks great. Uh, it's a cool-looking grip module for sure. So, so here you have uh, essentially the same sort of thing happening with the P365, and uh, that's cool. Now, one thing, though, I'm looking at the price. I'm going, wow, 1200 bucks for this? And I think that's just for, like, you get grip module. It says the Z365 mod ships. So maybe this is for a whole gun. 1200 bucks. Yeah. I mean, it's more than double what. A, a, a factory P365 costs. So you be the judge of where, whether you think you get your money's worth out of something like that. Uh, depending on what those mods are, you know, it may or may not be worth it, in my opinion. I sometimes feel like there's some things that, you know, like, okay, so you get a cool looking slide. Are there any benefits to it looking cool? Mm, probably not. Maybe some slide lightning cuts. Yeah. In the case of the 365, you don't really need or want a lighter slide, uh, and the uh, but it does come optics ready. So there's that, and that's right. cool. You know, I can appreciate that uh, grip module with uh, different grip texture. I don't, I don't know what that texture feels like. It looks cool. I wish it went up the the grip panel a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Actually, I should just show. You know, those of you that are. <laughs> I should have thought to do this, but you know, here, here you go. Here, here's here's an image of this new Zev Technologies uh, Z365. Looks cool. I'll give them that. All right. Anyway, cool thing though. Here, here's the thing. Sig Sauer is uh, they're 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 really embracing this idea of modularity, uh, and so a follow up story to all of this is uh, oh, I got this in the wrong order. Uh, there we are. Uh, so SIG started shipping last month their P320 fire control units. And uh, uh, I'll throw this up on the screen as well. And so what this is, and this is this is a pretty cool thing, okay? Because what you have is SIG is now selling the FCU for, for the P320. So you can just buy... Yourself, you obviously got to go through dealer because this is considered a firearm, right? And so the serial numbers on this thing, you got to go to a dealer, buy this thing, or or order online and and have it, you know, transferred through a dealer to you, uh, following the law and all that stuff, right? But you could buy the FCU. I think it's about three hundred bucks. And then what that allows you to do is just go build and configure your own pistol, whatever you'd like it to be. 
And that's cool. Like, yeah. I think that's awesome. There's, there's no other manufacturer that I'm aware of, especially a major manufacturer that does anything like this, right? Some of them make it even difficult for you to just buy after or not aftermarket, but replacement parts for their guns. Mm -hmm. SIG is going completely the opposite way. And uh, the other thing that's cool along with this is it says that they've begun shipping the P320 fire control unit and they've launched their P320 studio virtual configurator. And I kind of played around with this a little bit uh, a few weeks back. It's, it's really a cool concept. So you basically start with an FCU here and then you say, what do I want for a grip? Well, I'm going to go with the, and you got all your different grip module options here. And it even tells you right there if they're in stock or not. I mean, you can still configure it. You know, you want this white one here. Uh, I don't know about that for me personally, but if you want that, you can at least see what it would look like, right? It is out of stock. Oh, well, let's go with the X carry medium though. All right, cool. And you can add it to your cart right there. All right. Now let's go to the slide. I want to see what it looks like with this pro cut slide or with a standard slide or with uh, maybe they even have the X5 slides in here. I don't know that for sure. I don't see it listed, right? So it's really cool. So you can actually configure and build from the ground up your vision of the perfect P320, completely modular, very, very slick, nicely done technology here to allow you to preview it and see it. And, uh, and then of course, see what it's going to cost. Nobody else out there is doing this. It's, it's really a cool concept. Yeah. It's similar to buying a car, right? Like if you go on some car manufacturer auto, you know, you pick the, the interior you want, you pick the package you want and all that stuff. So it's kind of, I, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. 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 Um, and, and so kind of, again, this is all sort of in that same vein of, well, and I should say along with the FCU launch, the P320 FCU, you know, the, the SIG really did this big push with uh, other vendors like Grey Guns was a part of it, Springer Precision, uh, having a, drawn a blank on some of the other companies involved, but but you got more and more of these companies. Well, and you even got Wilson Combat now selling their, like right on their website, you can order their Wilson Combat P320. And it's, you know, their slide, their you know, grip module, you know, the, the way they would build a 320. But of course, it, they're just they're just buying FCU parts from, you know, they're buying the FCUs from SIG direct, I'm sure. And then they're building their own version of, of the P320 gun. It's, it's I'm telling you, the 320 is going to take the world over by storm. You know, it, 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 it just is. The way this is going, the way they're doing this, the fact that it's now the adopted handgun of, of the U.S. military, it's uh, pretty crazy what they're doing. Then we also have a story about Six Hour introducing a new modular uh, pistol suppressor. And, and so here we go, talking about more modularity. This is the Mod X9 pistol suppressor. They've just uh, officially released this. And this is also a really interesting idea. It says it's the first truly modular pistol uh, uh, supp suppressor. And here's the thing. Like... It is. It can be configured in anything you want from three and a quarter to seven and a half inches. You just have all these different segments, if you will, and so you're obviously going to get different performance, right? You're, so it ranges from the shortest being rated at the shortest configuration, three and a quarter inches, one one hundred forty-five point three decibels, okay, to the longest 
configuration, you're going to get 127.4 decibels. Okay. Uh, on, on average. And so like, that's pretty cool. Cause like there might be applications where you don't need the big, you know, full on seven and a half inch suppressor with really awesome sound suppression. Um, but, but you want something shorter and lighter or something somewhere in between. So really, really interesting take. And, and I think there's some other companies that have done, you know, similar things, uh, or, or also suppressors where it was like a two part system. You kind of had a short version and a long version, but really making something from a major manufacturer that you can then just configure however you want to use it. Pretty interesting idea. And they, they've made it clear that they've got more coming of this style and of this type, uh, for rifles and, and so forth as well. So, you know, in, in different, uh, diameters and calibers and, and that kind of thing. So, pretty interesting stuff again from sig sour yeah dude i mean it, it's it's good to see companies you know innovating it, it's really important in the industry we've seen we've covered how many stories about different companies folding in 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 times where you can't even buy a gun because they're all sold right so uh this is this is good good for the industry yep yep and one last piece of news from Sig Sauer, and that is an FYI. Uh, so there's there's good things happening from Sig, but sometimes, and this is true of a lot of companies. Okay, I just I've seen a couple of recalls from a from a few other manufacturers in the last few months on some other products. But Sig earlier this year really, you know, put a lot of effort into launching their new cross bolt action rifle, which I've had the I've had the opportunity of handling, and it's a it's a it's a pretty cool bolt action gun. I mean, I, heck, I'd have one of these. Uh, I'm really intrigued by that 277 Fury cartridge that they've also developed uh, along, you know, that they, they have this rifle uh, available in that cartridge in that caliber. Um, and uh, so the, what the, basically the news is, is that there's a safety recall. So uh, you should immediately discontinue the rifle, something to do with the trigger and there being a delayed discharge after the trigger is pulled. So, Apparently, there was some reports of, actually, I heard it was really one uh, confirmed report, but I'm sure in abundance of caution, they're doing a full-on recall of the, of all Sig Sauer cross-bolt action rifles. And uh, so, yeah, you don't want to have a situation where you press a trigger, nothing happens, and you think you're good, and some, you know, a number of seconds or whatever later, all of a sudden it fires, you know. On you. So uh, that's that sounds like it's something along those lines. Uh, you can go directly to Six Hours website and uh, register for that recall and confirm that your particular rifle is included in that recall, and they'll get you taken care of. Cool. Very good. So, yep, yep, yep. And that is or the the end of our Six Hour news <laughs> uh, roundup. I know it's you know a lot of uh, Sig news, but. Again, that they got a lot going on, and, and I thought that some of that was somewhat, you know, newsworthy to uh, report on. So, moving on now to our final news story before we get to our product reviews, uh, Matthew. This is this is one. Uh, I'm going to preface it by just saying that we're not real big here, at, you know, on our podcast and at ConcealedCarry.com with like really tooting our own horn. Um, but I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this story. And uh, this is reported on MarshallNewsMessenger.com. This is just a really small local publication in Marshall, Texas. And uh, uh, I'll tell you, 
Jessica, the author that wrote this piece, uh, you, you, you might want to work on your, t- on your article titles. Uh, cause this one's kind of, you know, it could use some work. The title of the article is fundraising success. That's it. No idea what fundraiser we're talking about here. Uh, can't even really tell just looking at the image of the article, what, what, what this is about. But if you get into it, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll learn what it's about. And it's, it's a pretty cool, uh, story. Uh, Matthew, did you follow this much and, and, and maybe you could give us a rundown of, of what this is all about? Sure, sure. Yeah. So, um, basically, a, a former police officer, Doug Smith in Texas, he, he tries to put together a, uh, a, um, a fundraiser to equip some of the local PDs with trauma gear. Obviously that's an important thing, right? And, and uh, a lot of police officers, people may not know buy their own gear and have to pay for their own gear. Um, the departments don't, don't provide that and medical gear included. So um, he's trying to uh, put a fundraiser together um, on cue. Uh, f- Facebook shuts it down. They squash his attempt to raise money to buy medical kits for local police departments. Um, So um, apparently, um, I don't know if it was you or Jacob happened to see this, uh, you know, a a report uh, about this being shut down and through Mount Man Medical reached out and um, basically was able to uh, work a deal where providing um, many more kits than they would have been able to to purchase at the other price. And, um, the, obviously the fundraiser was a success. So the title is accurate. Um, but they raised, I I think it's twice as much as they Mm -hmm. anticipated, uh, what their goal was. They're going to do more fundraising. Um, it says they were able to, uh, purchase 54 cat tourniquets, 105 tourniquet holders and 94 trauma kits for 14 different local agencies, which is incredible. Awesome. Um, and, and super cool. Yeah. And, and those of you that know us know that, you know, we're associated with mountain man medical and, uh, and so the tooting the horn bit is just that we were proud to be a part of this and be able to offer all of these products and kits for, I mean, basically cost, uh, for, we get, we, I mean, we gave them an absolute, steal of a deal uh knowing it was going to a good cause a good per, uh, per purpose you know regardless of even how people feel about law enforcement in this country matthew is it a bad thing to put trauma kits and tourniquets in police officers hands like quite literally those are things that are going to save people's lives mm-hmm. right like you can debate, you know, officer involved shootings and whether they should have guns or tasers or whatever, or the, the tactics or methods they use, but put all that aside, regardless of how you feel about that. Like this is a, this is a good cause uh, to have medical equipment in the hands of people that are going to be there first or, or, you know, very, very, very immediately after something happens. And you know, Matthew, that, a lot of officers, a lot of departments and agencies uh, don't have always very well-stocked kits or mm-hmm. even provide much in the way of kits at all. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes officers are, are left to fend for themselves. And, you know, because like the, the ones that know better that go, well, my department gave me this kit, but it's junk or it's not fully stocked or there's, you know, it's a mess or whatever. 
And so they know better and they go, they, they have to go out and buy their own kit. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've, I've known that. Yeah. I've, I know guys on, you know, in, in local agencies here in the, in the Denver Metro area or that are absolutely in that boat. They're like, well, I want to carry a tourniquet on my duty belt. You know, at the very least I want to have a, tur- a tourniquet or maybe a small IFAC and they got to go out and buy it. They got to go buy the, the, the holster or the, the pouch for that tourniquet as well, you know, cause like that's not, you know, an agency provided item either and that, that kind of stuff. So that all that, that adds up. So anyway, all that to say that we were so proud to be a part of this fundraiser and, and this, uh, this, this project to provide all these kits uh, as part of uh, blue line consulting and safety services um, goal to outfit. I mean, how many was it again? It was, uh, Harrison County Sheriff's Office. It was Carthage Police Department. It was, there was multiple agencies involved. Mar- in Marion and Panola counties. Yep. The Carthage Police Department said it with the exception because oh, they, they didn't need anything. That's right. I, but, I, uh, that's where I misread. Harrison, Marion, and Panola County mm-hmm. Sheriff's Offices. Awesome. Yep. So anyway, tooting our horn, uh, good news, happy news. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much. And guys, if you want to support, you can, you can, uh, you can go find blue line safety, uh, security solutions or whatever. Sorry. I, I've closed the tab already, uh, on their Facebook and, uh, there's links and ways you can contribute. So on to news and gear or on to gear reviews. We did the news. Um, I'm going to go first. I think last time I think I had you go first. All right. So I'm going to jump in. Here we go. I am excited to highlight and show the new Enigma from Filster. Now, ignore the fact that these are flopping around. I'm actually going to address that because ideally we don't want these just loosely rotating like that. But this is the new Filster Enigma. Now, it's not the holster itself. The, the, this has the Filster Pro holster attached to it. And, and you can see it's kind of shaped and designed, you know, with that in mind. It, it sort of follows that uh, shape of the Filster Pro holster. Uh, the Enigma is really a carry system for a holster that gives you greater flexibility and, and options as far as how to carry a gun. Essentially what this is, is this is a carbon fiber, you know, it's relatively thin. It's like, it's less than an eighth inch. It's probably a little over a 16th of an inch thick. This carbon fiber backing that has been manufactured uh, to, it's very strong, right? It's not going to tear. It's not going to rip. I, you know, I've been messing around with it and it's, it's clear to me this is intended to last for years. It then also has this belt that's attached with a quick release uh, it's called a, uh, a Fidlock, okay? And it's actually a magnetic lock. So you'll see as I snap this, as I snap this in, it just it just magnets itself together. But when it the it's really cleverly designed. If you've never seen one of these before, like you cannot rip this thing apart manually. You have to pull this little tab to get. It. And, and when you pull it, it just comes right apart, like as if it's nothing. It's a really cleverly designed uh, buckle, and so. You have this carbon fiber mount piece, if you will, attached to a belt. So this, what this is, is a mounting system with an integrated belt so that you can put a holster on it. Any holster, essentially, that 
uses a five eighths inch spacing, like where you would attach a claw or a wing. So for instance, this holster has a mod wing, okay, attached to it. So the Filster Enigma is designed to, you just take those two screws out that attach the wing to the holster and you put on the Filster Enigma. And now you have a integrated belt carrying system for your gun, meaning it's not attached to your pants. It's not attached to your traditional belt and therefore gives you the freedom to not require those things. Meaning that I could wear this with gym shorts, track pants, uh, whatever, you know, and, and so, or if, if you're wearing a, on the female side of the equation, a skirt or a dress, you know, a two, you know, we have a upper top a piece and a lower piece to that outfit. Um, you know, so you don't, if you don't, if you have a situation where you're like, huh, I don't know how I'm going to carry because I don't have a belt with the way I'm dressing today. This is a, a solution. This I think is a game changer because there are plenty of products out there like say belly bands that can fit that role, but they do so rather poorly a lot of times. And the reason why is because they're not custom fitted to the gun you're going to carry. In many cases, they're not even well protected in terms of they they don't protect uh, or guard the trigger very well, Uh, meaning that some of those belly band products are just soft, elastic material. And if you hit something in the wrong place at the wrong time, just in the right angle, you could be discharging, you know, pressing the trigger through the holster material and you got a problem, right? Plus there's retention issues a lot of times. And those that have retention, a lot of times are using some kind of strap and the strap is terrible to remove and non-intuitive and not fast at all for a good, seamless, smooth draw. So this allows you to use a a good, like a quality holster, mount it to the Enigma, you know, system, this mounting system, and then you strap the belt on and you and that's the other thing. It gives you a lot of flexibility as far as ride height, exact position on the body as far as, you know, 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock, one o'clock, whatever. Uh, it, it is a clever and a well-designed and a very solid system. I've been very impressed with it. And again, I believe this to be a game changer. Now, a couple of things about it. Um, John Houtman tells me that these are not supposed to just freely spin. Uh, that This is where the belt is attaching to the actual Enigma mounting plate. And, um, you know, so the, the hardware that was sent with this is such that I could not tighten these down far enough to actually kind of, lock these into place or, or have any more resistance. So I have some hardware. I'm going to go ahead and just, re, you know, replace that. And that, that, you know, that I know they were working hard when this was first released to get things shipped out. It could also be as simple as needing a thicker uh, rubber washer between the, uh, the, the uh, post and the screw um, that, that would probably work as well. So uh, just seemed like there was maybe a little bit of oversight on the hardware, but I'm honestly not complaining too hard because overall it works. And even in this current configuration, it's worked fine for me. Um, I've worn this uh, for over a week and uh, it's been awesome. Like one day I, I spent all day here in the home office working and just was wearing gym shorts and a t-shirt. And that's the other thing. The way this thing designed, even though, so some of you are probably thinking, okay, I'm still just going to go with a belly band. I have a solution that works for me. 
Here's the thing. This thing allows you to carry any gun, any size. Uh, so th- I, this one right now, right here is, this is my P320 holster. I can carry a full-size P320 in this and get this. Even without traditional pants and belt, it conceals as good, if not better, when I'm just wearing gym shorts and a t-shirt than when I'm wearing traditional belt and pants. That is mind-blowing to me. The way this mounting plate, this carbon fiber plate thing works and interfaces with the holster, the way it torques it into the body, and then here's the subtle thing you might not notice. You have these different mounting holes. That allows you to customize ride height to some extent but and can't, but also it changes the torque on things both vertically, like inboard, outboard with the holster, as well as rotationally with respect to the grip in the body. That is like wizardry. So I am super, super impressed with the Filster Enigma. You guys check it out. Uh, they, they, they did an initial launch, sold everything in like 20 minutes, but they're working hard to restock. And uh, yeah, so, so stay tuned and you can go to filsterholsters.com if you want to learn more. There you go. That's my review of Filster Enigma. Super cool, man. I saw the I saw the launch and I was just slow on the trigger to buy one because I really wanted one and try it out. And I'm Dude, excited even more I, now. So I, I almost missed it too because uh, you know, I, I just happened to see a post that he made to to get on the wait list. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. So I I I went there, I put my email address in to be included in the wait list, thinking it'd be a few days or a few weeks or whatever. It was like Four hours later, I got a, not- a notification. Boom! Waitlist. You're you're you know like you're it's you're the up. stores open. You can go buy. Like it was that fast. And I I if I hadn't been like paying attention and watching my email any closer, mm-hmm. I would have totally missed it because it was everything was gone in like twenty minutes. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Well, uh, Mr. Fuman Wu on YouTube says he outfits his holster with Ulti clips. Can ride perfectly on any waistband without a belt. Um, he's, he wears with basketball shorts all the time. And I'll just say, Mr. Fuman, woo, uh, this works better. I guarantee it. Not even in the same ballpark in terms of security, retention, concealment, uh, comfort, all of that. All right. Just so like, I kind of expect there to be some people will be like, Hey, I do this. I do that. I've done a lot of different things in my time. I haven't seen anything that solves a lot of those problems and is more comfortable and conceals as good, if not better. And I've done some testing in, in some cases, depending on how you position everything, I think it actually conceals better than when I'm wearing my standard belt and pants, mm-hmm. which is like, we're talking your usual belt that's got some rigidity to it, Matt. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, there's no belt with this thing, but the yeah. way this thing works, the way that mounting plate torques everything and the adjustability, like you can truly customize the thing to fit and conceal uh better than you know just it, it's 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 wizardy man it's it's crazy all right so Very what you cool. got buddy all right so i'm gonna go quickly because we still have to give a giveaway and i know you guys oh, are yeah. excited for that so i'm gonna talk about i got the 507c the x2 um 
so I haven't put it on is going on this guy right here that doesn't have a slide. This is the, the type B. Um, it's currently out at Culper Precision getting cut for a slide for, for this optic. But basically, um, if you have the 507C, the V1 had the, the, issue with the battery underneath uh they did the v2 right. uh which placed the 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 battery slide tray on the side which is a huge you know improvement um but this is the x2 so it's different than the v2 the x2 um is pretty much the same as the v2 it has the shake awake it has the the backup redundancy in the the solar little uh panel right here um but it also has a lockout feature. So once you dial in the um, the brightness of the reticle that you want, and I think there's either 11 or 12 different settings. Once you dial that in, um, you set it, and it, you know you can you can get a happy medium of brightness versus you know in in bright conditions and low light conditions. Figure out what works best and lock it in, and that way it doesn't uh, act you know, you'll accidentally hit the, the button and turn it off or, or crank up the value, you know, the, the brightness and, um, or way down and, and you're going through that. Um, it has just like the other, uh, house, uh, the, the 507, uh, it has a three different reticles. It's really two reticles, but three different variations. You have the 32 MOA circle with the two MOA dot in the middle, or you can have you know, those separate. So you can have them both. You can have the, the dot or the, or the reticle. Um, and so it's, it's pretty cool. I have the red version. They have a green version too. Um, but I'm really excited. I haven't used it obviously yet. Um, I've just been kind of playing around with it, setting with the settings and different things. Um, and so pretty excited as soon as that slide comes back from Culper Precision, which does awesome stuff. Um, I'll, I'll let you guys know how it works once I get it out on the range and stuff, but, uh, super excited. And there's not a lot of, uh, I, I struggled to get this. There's, they're not very uh, available right now. Availability is kind of tough right now. So, um, but if you can get one, um, I, I think it's going to be going to be real good. Uh, same footprint as uh, the RMR. So, if you have an RMR, and, and the price point is is much less than an RMR, um, and through all the all the testing I've seen is pretty robust, pretty uh, solid optic. So. We'll see how it works out, though. But um, 507C, the X2. Awesome, buddy. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, I, I've i been really impressed with what I've seen uh, from Halson in uh, recent years. Uh, I remember when I first came across Halson, like one of my very first shot shows. It might have even been my first shot show, which was, you know, a good number of years now at this point ago. And, and uh, initially it was like, oh, Okay, but here, here's what I've learned about Hall Sun since then is that I think that they really um, have listened to the market and have pivoted where they've needed to to make red dot, particularly pistol red dot products that people really want, you know, and has features that they want. And uh, that's really cool, man. And, 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 you know, the other thing too is you see the testing that people have done with those optics. They're holding up really well. Okay. So a lot of guys are rating them, you know, maybe not quite exactly on par in terms of toughness and durability with an RMR, but like a close second kind mm -hmm. of thing, you know. So super, uh, yeah, good stuff from Hollison these days. Yes, I know some of you are going to be like, it's Chinesium. Um, a lot of optics, frankly, come out of that 
part of the world uh, or at least parts for those optics from all kinds of manufacturers. So chances are what you buy anyway is Chinesium in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, my understanding actually, so on that t- sub- subject really quickly, I think emitters, the part that actually emits the light you know, in the optic to then hit the the, the window and, and bounce back to your eye. So the emitter is, I think they're only like made in like Germany mm. and then like China or something like, you know, it's like, it's something, it's one of those sort of things where they're, they're, they're really only available from a couple of sources in the world. Yeah. And one is like the ultra high quality version, you know, from Germany or Switzerland or someplace that you're going to spend a Dr. lot of money for. And the other is, you know, China. <laughs> so, I mean, it, which is again, judging by the testing and reviews and, and people that I trust that have been running these hall suns is, going. is, is a good enough, is a good quality as well. Yeah. So anyway, all right, it's time to wrap it up. We got to do a giveaway. What are we giving away today, Matthew? We're giving away a bump in the night DVD or digital copy, whichever one you prefer. Cool. Um, and uh, next week we're giving away a flight 93 commemorative ball cap. So uh, make sure you get in on the giveaways. So let's see who's going to be our lucky winner today for the Bump in the Night DVD. Our lucky winner is Murray or Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y. Last name starts with a C. I'll email you, Murray. Um, And uh, make sure you reply with whichever one you want. If you want us to send you out the DVD or send you a link so you can download the version. Um, Either way. Yeah. Awesome. Congrats, Murray, uh, being this week's winner of the podcast giveaway. Uh, guys, a reminder that you can sign up each week at concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize to make sure that you have a chance at uh, being a lucky winner. Next week, we're looks like we're giving away a, a 511 Tactical Flight 93 Memorial ball cap, uh, which uh, we've given some of those away before. We still have some on hand, and it's one of my favorite hats. I've got one sitting over there. And uh, in fact, many of you have seen me wearing for for like a year, almost two years now, probably. So uh, awesome hat. We'll give one of those away free next week. Just sign up at concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize. So with that, I think it's time to wrap it up. Let's do it. All right. Guys, thanks so much for watching and, and listening to episode 464 of the Concealed Carry Podcast. We will let you go and give you the reminder to, to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. A reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.